Hello and welcome to app number 10 of Off the Block Swimming Podcast, Australia's new number one swimming podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Thank you so much for joining us once again, as this week we have a real special treat for all you listeners out there leading up to this weekend's Australian Pan Pack Trials down in Adelaide. Starting from today, we have an episode dropping on iTunes every day leading up to the weekend's big meet with interviews with some of Australian swimming's biggest stars that will be in action down in Adelaide like Elijah Winnington, Brad Woodward and Matt Wilson. Today though, a breaststroke champion and someone who has overcome a fair bit in his career as you're about to hear. We start talking about his early days in the pool, his experiences at big meets, as well as how he is tracking for this weekend's big meet down in South Australia. So clear your schedules, put your feet up, because EP10 starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Joining us today on the show is a swimmer who in just over a week's time will be in action at the 2018 Australian Pampax Trials down in Adelaide. He has a bronze medal from the Rio Olympics. He has a silver medal from the Kazan World Champs. And a few months ago at the Commonwealth Games down on the Gold Coast, he earned himself a gold medal as a part of Australia's 4 by 100 metre individual medley relay team. It's a very big welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to Mr. Jake Packard. How are you, mate? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, beautiful day here in Brizzy. I'm coming to everyone today, as usual, from the studio. Whereabouts have we caught you today? Uh, on the back at home, which is on uh, Sunshine Coast, and it's uh, very sunny up here, which is a good thing. Uh, makes life a bit easier. How good are winters up here? Yeah, you can't really call it a winter. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Mid-20s, blue skies, um, what more could you ask for? Living the dream. That's it. (laughs) That's what I'd tell myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mate, just doing my research on you, and I noticed that you're actually born in New South Wales, out at uh, Penrith, Western Sydney to be exact. How long were you down there for before you moved to Queensland? Uh, I was very young. Um, So born in Penrith, uh, same with my um, older sister mm-hmm. and you know my parents had been down there for I guess a long time before they I guess made a sacrifice knowing that they had us um, that we'd probably get a better I guess lifestyle moving up to to Noosa yep. where we grew up but I was only probably 18 months so yeah so I was fairly young um, but I guess it's probably one of the best moves that you could go to is uh, a place in Noosa. Yeah. So, so does this mean, mate, because your first breaths were taken in New South Wales, you go for the Blues and the State of Origin? Yes, unfortunately, people will hate me, but yes, I do go for the Blues. Yes, um, good man. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess everyone says that State of Origin and 
that I've represented swimming in Queensland yep. so much. So I'm like, it's based off where you were born. So, yep. um, yeah, blue all the way through. Mate, unfortunately for us, Greg Inglis doesn't think the same as you because um, <laughs> he chose the Maroons, <laughs> but he hey, he was a blue too. Um, That's all right. Well, he lost the first game. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a long series. We can't get cocky yet. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> What I've been waiting you, nine years. <laughs> what do you enjoy most about swimming when you were younger? Uh, I guess enjoying swimming when I was younger, just the friendships um, that I made. Yeah. I guess I got brought up in a group where majority of my friends um, swam and I was lucky enough to be a part of that and also, you know, we all went to the same school, so... It made it a lot easier. We were pretty much around each other 24-7. So I guess that friendship and I guess, you know, moving later into the, you know, competitive swimming, I guess that's another aspect mm. that, you know, the return that you get from it is, um, you know, getting the best out of yourself was yeah. another reason. So, yeah, it was more just a social thing to start off with and, um, yeah, then progressed. Were you a natural swimmer or did you have to work pretty hard to improve? Uh, I was pretty natural, um, you know, growing, or I guess when I was younger, um, not many people know, but in the, in the backyard pool, I had a, I guess I was, you know, four or five, had a near, near drowning. Um, yeah, which was, I guess, pretty, pretty scary on that side. And I still, I still remember certain images of, you know, of that certain moment. Mm. And, um, yeah, I guess from then that was an eye-opener for my parents to say, okay, he needs to be a confident swimmer yeah. um, just because, you know, we had the pool in the backyard and we were so close to the beach. Um, so that was a big priority. And up until that point, then, did you had you done a few lessons or had you not swam at all up until that point in the backyard? Yeah, so, like, I'd been, my dad tried to teach me in the water, but I just sort of, I guess, he'd always say that I'd try and, rip him apart when i'm in the water yeah but you know i i, I was so young that I can't, I can't really remember that yeah. but yeah that one moment um being in the backyard pool and you know i guess it's pretty harsh saying it but you just fall to the bottom of the pool and mm. you know you so you can't do anything about it and i guess that was uh pretty scary and yeah dad jumped in and yeah i still remember his sonny's fell off and yeah, I can't really remember anything after that. So I guess that was, yeah, just a, a turning point and um, being, I guess, confident in water and, yeah, just being a strong swimmer. Yeah, mate, I guess that's a good reminder of, I mean, we do this podcast and we talk about elite swimming and, and being at the top end, but swimming essentially is, is a, a life skill and it's a survival um, skill that's as well, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be a must, um, you know, for, for kids that are, you know, they haven't even seen water um, and just taking baby steps to get them more confident in the water. It's just, I guess, you can read some of the stats of the, you know, drownings under four years old. Is, it's alarming, but, um, you know, hopefully we can, in the near future, implement stronger laws and, you know, stronger programs to, to make kids, I guess, confident in the water and um and enjoy it as well it's a thing i mean not everyone has to be an olympian do they but we should all be able to no. to save our lives if no. we're in that situation 
that's it. That's it. And that's how it all starts. And then if you have that drive, you know, to, to be and get the best out of yourself, yeah. you never know. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't think that I could have been an Olympian at such a young age and, you know, just things just eventuate in life. And yeah, just happy to be where I am. Mate, you're a breaststroker. When did you start to realize that breaststroke was the best out of the four for you? As soon as I hopped in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of those things that, um, breaststroke chooses the person yeah. that it wants to be a part of um and yeah that was pretty much the only stroke that i could do mm-hmm. i could do the others uh, but just not as well and i guess every swim carnival that i'd do i'd just enter just the breaststroke <laughs> and yeah that was pretty much how i just sort of stuck with breaststroke and it's just yeah it just comes naturally i guess for myself and um yeah, I'm glad that I stuck by it. Who were your heroes growing up? Which swimmers did you look up to? Um, I guess I didn't really take too much like attention as a kid um, when I was swimming through squad, but you know, I always looked up to the people um, in uh, the 2000 Olympics. Yeah. Um, so seeing Thorpe, Hackett, um, and those guys, but. Once I started to develop uh, that competitive side of myself um, in swimming, I started to look up to, you know, Brenton Rickard and Christian Springer. Mm-hmm. And um, to see them do so well and be so successful, I guess, um, you know, at the Olympics and World Championships, uh, that, that gave me the drive um, to be where I wanted to be and what I wanted in life. And... Um, I guess in 2015, which, which was a big turning point for me to to race against Christian mm. uh, and to be on the same team as him was, uh, you know, it was very special because I still look up to him um, and just the advice that he'd given me, um, which was really good. Around what age did you start to get a little bit more competitive? So I did, um, so I just did normal squad training, uh, probably about eight nine years old and then um around 13 i started um you know attending more state level meets and national level meets and then i guess you know i got a result at age nationals when i was 13 yep and um yeah i guess it was like okay this is this is pretty cool this is what i want to do and um yeah, it just sort of stuck from there. Mate, as a young swimmer coming through the squads, kids tend to have some bad habits. And I just want to run through a few now with yeah. you. And, uh, and you tell me when you were younger, um, if these were you or not. So the first yeah. one I've got is pulling on the lane rope in backstroke. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably a, still a bad habit. <laughs> it's still a bad habit. Taylor said the same yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Mate, feet on the bottom during laps. Um. Uh, I wasn't as bad uh, as a kid um, doing that. Yeah. I just sort of I get the job done. Um, yeah, I can't really remember. Not not so many dolphin dives for me. Oh, that's all right. It's a good thing, um, mate. Toilet breaks mid set to have a rest. Yeah, that was that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I always probably say not um, not during main set. Yeah, but you know, warm ups, warm downs. Yeah. I guess as a kid, probably now 
everyone could probably call me out at my squad. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it amazing everyone needs to go to the toilet at the same time? As soon as one person says they've got to go, That's about it. five others have to go. Yeah, and then and then uh, Chris always goes, we need to monitor this, this toilet break time. <laughs> uh, mate, using arms in a kick set. Uh, no, I've never done that. I've always been a believer that, I guess, the, with with the kick sets that you're doing, because I I grew up uh, with my old coach Brian Steer, yep. and we would always um, have all of our kick sets were in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and they were a minimum of two k. Yeah, so it'd be like two k to four k of just kicking, mm-hmm. and so we just got into the habit. Um, yeah, that was just just one of those things that we never really did, and then we got the best out of it. Uh, never knowing what you're up to in the set because you weren't paying attention. Yeah, that's me still. <laughs> that's <you> still. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, that's why I always probably go last. And so I see everyone, what they're doing, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> Space kid. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, mate, at one stage in your career, you were trying to obviously make a national time or, or get on a junior team. We we're just talking then. It was obviously around that 13, 14 years age. Talk to me about yep. the things that you had to change before it all started to click for you, though. What did you have to get right to make those big steps? I think the biggest step is having a coach that actually believes that you can um, have that success. Mm. Um, you know, I had... Uh, a great coach, um, Vanessa, who coached me when I was 12. And I guess having, you know, a good structure of your training. So, you know, I was probably training five times a week at the time, but I upped it to about eight sessions. Yeah. But some of those sessions were, you know, two of them were dry land um, and gym. Um, Not heavy stuff, just body weight sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, that really, I guess, spiked uh, the performance, uh, which I could see, you know, increase and in being a lot smarter with the training. And, yeah, it, it sort of uh, went from there. Mate, so many swimmers in pools around Australia today right now are dreaming of one day making an Australian team, and you've been on a few now. Firstly, talk to us through the first open Australian team you made. Must have been a surreal moment knowing you were going to Wear the green and gold? Yeah. Um, it was sort of just by chance, to be honest. Um, and I didn't even expect it as well. So in 2014, um, I just missed the Commonwealth Games, which I didn't even know. I was just stoked that with the progression that I made with Chris, um, I went from, I guess, within eight months, I went from a 104 to a 101. Mm. So to drop three seconds, I was just over the moon to do that. Um, and he was saying that, oh, you've just missed Commonwealth Games. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that I've just done the three-second PB. Big PB. Yeah, and um, so I ended up going on an Australian A-team um, to America and, and performed really well there. And I didn't know at the time, but I got home and um, Christian had been dealing with a bit of uh, shoulder problems. And I got a phone phone call from from one of the guys at Swimming Australia, and they said, "Are you are you fit?" And I was like, well, "Yeah, I'm fit." Like, uh, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. And he 
they say, have you been in the water? And I was like, well, no, I'm on my break at the moment. He's like, well, you better get in the water. There might be a chance that uh, you'll be representing Australia on your first uh, first team at Pampax at the Gold Coast. And I was like, no way, this isn't happening. And he's like, yeah, we just, you know, there's a high chance that you'll be on it. Um, we're just monitoring Christian's shoulder and seeing how it's playing out. And yep. yeah, within, I guess, like two days later, yeah, I was uh, I was announced that I was going to be, I guess, filling in for his spot because um, he withdrew. And I sort of got my taste being in that way. And um, yeah, it was a surreal experience to be, I guess, the only one that wasn't at Commonwealth Games to be on the team was uh, a bit daunting. But at the same time, it was, yeah, I'll still never forget that moment. Mate, did you learn anything new by watching and, and talking to the senior members of the team? Oh God, yeah. You know, being being in a part of people that have been through so many different experiences, and um, you know, I really I got along with uh, Mel Mel Schlanger, which yep. is Mel right now. Um, she grew up and trained under Chris Mooney as well, so it was just good to have um, her there and um, explain, you know, the things that she goes through and the pressures and. I guess just, you know, just do your own thing, worry about yourself and um, just get on with the job. And, yeah, that uh, really put a great perspective in my mind um, to get the best out of myself. And I was lucky enough to swim another PB there and, you know, perform better than uh, what I did in um, overseas at the Australian A-team. Did you learn anything new about yourself that you didn't already know? I guess... um, being a lot more confident within myself, um, I guess, you know, being at that point, I was probably a little shy. And I guess that's, you know, for kids that are listening now, that we're no different to, to anyone else in the world or, you know, and, and that's what's good that when I was on that team, that if, you know, just to open up a little bit more and ask a few more questions because, you know, you're taking the time you know, to ask them questions and they're just going to, you know, reply and give you the best uh, feedback as they can. Yeah. So it was just really good to have their advice and, you know, to feel so comfortable within a team, uh, which was really good. Mate, the World Champs in Kazan was a big meet for you as well. Firstly, you finished fifth in the 100 final with 59.44, only just behind Adam Peaty. Uh, Cameron Vandenberg, uh, Vandenberg, sorry. You must have been pretty happy with that effort. <laughs> That's probably one of the best uh, meets I've had. Um, you know, that was the first time I'd ever cracked the minute barrier. Yeah. Um, and it was just to be in such a, a hot field and to be in, my, I guess, my first individual final. Um you know, I didn't even think I could make it out of the heats and then, you know, let alone, you know, to be in the final. So to make the progression that I did from, you know, heats to semis, semis to finals and to PB and all, all races was just a icing on the on the cake, which was awesome. Yeah, I think you went fifty nine six in the in the semi too, so you stepped up each time you had to. That's it. And we always talk about like having that peak performance and doing it at the right time. And I just think that we got everything right leading up to that competition. And, you know, we, we executed, you know, in the heats and we, we look back at the sports science, said, okay, well, this is what we need to do. And, 
you know, I guess like we just made that progressive improvement and I guess doing the first race, you blow the cobwebs out, you become a little bit more confident mm. and just the confidence just kept boosting, you know, throughout the whole event. So I guess that was um, a great experience to have uh, for my first team or second team. But yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. What's it like racing Adam Peaty? Uh, I guess it was, uh, it's a little daunting, but uh, you, you get around it and, um, you know, he's a, and he's an awesome guy now and it doesn't really phase you. You just, you want to try and get the best out of yourself to, to try and beat him one day. And that, and that's the objective is, you know, to try and catch him on an off day and to swim, to swim your heart out and hopefully you get that number one against your name. Um, He's, yeah, he's an awesome guy and he's got great knowledge. Um, so, yeah, can't wait to race him later on in the future. Try and chase him down. That's it. Everyone else is. Mate, uh, you're a part of the 4 by one relay there and you guys won a silver medal just behind the USA team. Uh, Mitch Larkin, Jaden Hadler and Cam McAvoy were on that team with you there. That must have been another yep. great experience. Yeah, an awesome experience. Um it's just one of those things that, you know, you to be a part of a four by one medley relay is always, yeah, it's always fun mm. um, to be a part of a relay. And um, I guess I don't know what it is about relays, but you put your heart on the line. You know that you want to do everything you can to help to help your teammates to get the boss best possible outcome. And you know, we just got pipped at the end. Uh, I think it was point oh nine. Yeah, it was second. very close. Yeah, but, you know, let alone to have such a great meet prior um, and then to finish it off was, you know, an excellent result. Rio 2016, mate, was your first Olympics. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that there's nothing that compare to your first Olympic Games. Um, what was your experience like? Yeah, I, you know, to be there, I guess, I guess with the most, talented people around the world um, and in the most decorated, I guess, sporting event in the world. Um, it was a bit surreal. I guess you still have to pinch yourself, you know, thinking about it, walking into the village and saying, okay, well, this is it. Only a week to go. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, I, still, I still can't believe that I've, I've made that achievement. Yeah. Um, being with Chris, I never thought 2016 was a realistic goal. I thought maybe 2020 was going to be the earliest and maybe 2024 later on. Um, but, yeah, we knuckled down and, you know, did the hard yards and changed a lot within how I train, all the hidden training, uh, my stroke. And, you know, luckily enough, it paid off um, to get, get my first Olympics. Mate, individually, how do you look back on your swim in the 100 breast? Yeah, so the the heat um, in the morning for the hundred breaststroke um, was really good. Um, I ended up placing second in my heat and I think six overall. So I was over the moon, swimmer swimmer PB in the morning, and that's what I'd done in Kazan. So I was taking the same, I guess, mentality of that um, and putting it into that race, um, and. Then we came back for the semi-final. Um, I was unlucky enough to 
to get pipped uh, for ninth, which was like 0.03 of a second, um, and just missed the, missed the final, which, you know, I, I look back at it. I even knew um, at the time that I made a few mistakes in in the race and just got too carried away. But I guess people, yeah, they don't realise that you can't really prepare for something like that. Mm. And I guess you've got to experience it to learn from it. And you can only learn from that from those experiences at those high international events. So, you know, I'm not going to make that mistake next time coming around. So, um, and you 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 learn so much from it. Um, and I guess that carried on for the four by one medley relay as well. That you know, whatever I did and those mistakes that I did in um, the individual, that I wasn't going to do it in the final uh, for the medley relay, which uh, paid off. Yeah, and you got yeah, you guys finished with a, a bronze medal in that relay. Must have been a pretty cool moment to be up on the dais getting a bronze medal at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. It was uh yeah, that last lap when Kyle was uh was swimming was just uh electrifying. You know, I think I couldn't even hear hear myself scream. <laughs> it was just so loud and you know, to be racing against, you know, Adam Peaty, um you know Ryan Murphy, who broke a world record in at the start of that event. Yeah, um, and also to be with Michael Phelps is just uh, his last race ever, which was unbelievable. So, you know, it's one of those things I'll cherish for the rest of my life, and um, I always say to my mum and dad that they can have that medal, and would like to to get my own individual medal um, later on down the track. So, you know, that's the goal for further meets to come but you know one step at a time mate you've had some injury battles in the past have you ever thought of giving it away i guess every every uh swimmer would um would or i can only speak for myself but i I know majority of the swimmers would um it's a tough time going through injury or or illness Mm. and um you know you start starts creeping up on you and you start doubting yourself is it is it really for me and yeah you go through those things that you just want to give it all away and I guess earlier on before I got sick last year I was going through that just losing motivation um that you know you know I could start working um you know earning a little bit of um money is always nice and you can do things for yourself and you think you're just wasting your time you know, swimming all these all these laps for yep. no return. Chasing and, your dream. Uh, that's it. And, you know, you're putting so much effort in to get, you know, not even PBing, and you think, well, what's the point? Um, and I had that when I was 19 or 18, 19, and decided that, okay, well, I'm going to give it up. I don't want to do it anymore. And then... Um, yeah, I still remember I hopped in for one session, swam at 50 metres, and I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to do this anymore. I hopped out and um, had a, a really good friend. She does sort of like mind training. Yep. Um, and I called her up and I was like, oh, I really need to chat. You know, I want to, you know, weigh out my options. And, yeah, that was a, a big eye-opener for me. And she just said, what do you what are you good at? And, um yeah, you know, I just we listed all these things off, and I was just like, okay, well, I really don't want to give up swimming. What's the best option for me? And I decided that after 
that meeting I had with her two weeks. I was already in Brisbane. You know, I had a, uh, a call with Mooney, sat him down, and we discussed what we wanted and what we wanted to achieve. And, yeah, the first step was to make an Australian team, but so the next step was to be on the Rio team. And I guess we, we've ticked those things off now, and now we want to try and uh, become an individual medalist later on down the track. So, Matt, I've got here what kept you motivated, but I think you've just answered it. Was it resetting goals and, and re-motivating yourself that way? Yeah, I guess it's like um, just associating yourself with the right people. And um, I guess, yeah, you, you take a step back and look at, I guess, what's best for you. Um, and, you know, I had that support you know, through a great coach to say, okay, well, this is this is the best option. And, um, you know, my parents supported me moving down to Brisbane. And, you know, it was just a really good, I guess, a fresh change. Because mm. um, I've been with that Brian Steer, who was coaching up at Noosa for six years. So I just needed that different stimulus and, um, I guess, an eye-opener of what people else were doing um, through their swimming training. You know, and I got straight down to Chris and, you know, Taylor was beating me for the first three months. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> uh, so it was uh, it was a great change, but, yeah, um, it all paid off at the end. Was she letting you know about it when she was knocking you off? She probably was. <laughs> I can't remember it now. <laughs> I try to not remember it. <laughs> Mate, you were back in action down on the Gold Coast at the Com Games. Um, mate, talk to me about the experience of being in front of a home crowd with your family and friends. Yeah, like there's, there's no better way to celebrate a Commonwealth Games than being at home. And I know that when I was on my first team, that that's where it all started in the Gold Coast, um, in Pampax. And I know that you always want to, go away for your first trip or you know you want to experience a different country and different culture but I guess you look back at it and you go nothing compares to you know 12,000 people or how many people are in the stands yelling for Australia and you will never get that anywhere else Mm. Um, which is just such a surreal moment you just want to bottle up and use that when you're down or something like that you know it really gets you so motivated to get the best out of yourself and um yeah it's just a a, just a great experience to have i guess friends and family and funny enough that um that was probably the first that is the first time that my parents had been to my to see me swim in an international meet oh very nice Um, yeah so you know they didn't get to come over for rio um just because they were tied up with my sister uh, she she's in the navy, so they were attending her. Um, getting, I guess she had a deployment, yep. so she was getting shipped off um, at the same time that I was competing over in Rio. So they were attending her, and yeah, so that was the first time in the Gold Coast um, that they got to see me swim. So it was a, it was a great moment. Had mum and dad go getting to see you for the first time? They must have been excited too. Yeah, mum was crying, as usual. <laughs> um, yeah, and then dad was, dad's just always proud. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that they always, 
they always see on TV and they're like, well, there's no better experience than watching it, you know, face-to-face um, and live. So it was, a, it was a good experience. Mate, given your, your time off last year, you must have been pretty happy with what you were still able to achieve in the 50 and the 100. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to to have a, that whole year off in 2017 and to make that call was uh, a big... Um, I guess it was a challenge in itself um, to skip that year and you know, I got to learn a lot about myself and, you know, there was a lot more than just swimming, uh, which is a good eye-opener that, you know, if, if those bad swims do come, that, you know, it's not the end of the world, that you can just get back up and, and, and do the best you can for the next race. So, Absolutely. And uh, we... we you know, we trained very hard to get back to where we were and it's not going to just come instantly. Uh, we've got to do those few hard swims first and, you know, we're still learning, you know, to get back to those, you know, 59 low swims. But, um, yeah, happy with the preparation and, you know, consecutive 59 swims that we've been swimming um, at the Commonwealth Games and even at trials, so... You know, hopefully we can just uh, progress from here till Tokyo. Mate, you do love a relay and you were a part of the 4 by one IM relay, which was a massive one, games record, and you guys took home the gold against a pretty red-hot field. Now, typically, Com Games isn't super strong competition-wise as other major meets, but this final yeah. was, and, and it was world-class. You had England with Adam Peaty, James Guy, Ben Proud, who was lighting up the pool during the meet. And you had South Africa with Vandenberg um, and also Chad Leclerc, who we all we know is a star. How satisfying was it when uh, when Kyle touched and you realised that you boys had done it? Yeah, it was sort of, sort of like the same memory in, in Rio as well, um, to him swimming down. Um, swimming down England and, you know, we were seeing if we were going to become second or third, but it was one of those things that we knew that Ben Proud was a strong 50 swimmer. Um, you know, he'd, he'd won the 53 earlier that night. Um, and it was just trying to get our best spot that we could for Cole to swim him down. And, you know, they had a strong breaststroker, Adam Peaty, which got him off to a great lead. Um, and yeah, it was literally a fingertip that, that, uh, got us over the line, which was really good. So he swam the race perfect and, um, yeah, just got him right at the end, which was at that moment, you couldn't hear yourself. That was, that was electrifying. That was, um, you know, to have, I'm pretty sure out of the nine events that we had on offer, we won eight of them that night. And then that was, yeah, it was an awesome experience to be a part of. Can imagine, mate. We were going crazy just in the lounge room, so I can imagine <laughs> what it was like down on the Gold Coast. Yeah, just a little crazier. <laughs> uh, talk to me about your coach, Chris Mooney. I had Taylor on just the other day, and she mentioned just how laid back he was and just sort of things that we don't get to see um, away from the public eye. What's your relationship like with him, and how has he helped you in your career? Oh, laid back, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, so like my relationship started in um, 2013 where I 
you know, sat down and I called him up and I knew that he had success with Taylor and a few other breaststrokers. Um, and yeah, that's sort of how I got in touch with him and decided, yeah, this is, this is what I want. And this is, um, this is the path that I want to go down. And having that relationship and, uh, I guess giving that feedback and understanding for him, uh, I guess the needs that I attend to, um, because, you know, I'm, I swim 50, 100 meters rather than Taylor swimming, you know, 100, 200. Mm. She's more 200 specific work that I guess he needed to, you know, accommodate the different programs for each individual athlete. And I think that within those first eight months, we really, you know, I guess perfected that. So we've just continued that throughout our swimming career and we've got results from that, which is really good. Um, uh, I guess, you know, you have your ups and downs. You're always going to have, uh, I guess, your disagreements um, for within training, you know, for not performing and, I guess, being lazy. It's, it's you know, we're all human at the end of the day. Yeah. But I guess to have that communication, um, I guess, and the construct, constructive feedback, I guess, for most athletes would prefer um, than... I guess getting yelled at, mm. and 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 people, I guess, are still learning. You know, everyone's learning at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. working together is the biggest thing, and I guess we've uh, we've got around to that, which is a really good thing. And um, yeah, I think just the passion that he has for every single athlete that he just wants to get the best out of each person, and you know, he's down to earth, and he just wants everyone to, I guess get the best out of themselves so they don't regret anything for the future. It's a thing, and isn't it? I, I, guess, always, I always, sorry, mate, just say to, to yeah. my athletes too because at times when you, you're into them constantly about stroke corrections and stuff like that and at times they look at you like, why are you picking on me? And I always say like, if, if I'm not talking to you during the session and chasing you up there's and something down, wrong. then there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not invested yeah. in what we're doing here. So Yeah. And it just, um, yeah, it's a great point that you made yeah. and, you know, it's like, I guess the best advice that I guess Chris gave me was after 2016 trials, after the 100 breaststroke, when I qualified, he's like, are you relieved or are you happy that you finished that race and you qualified? And I said, I'm relieved. And he's like, but why are you relieved? You should be happy that you've, you know, fulfilled all your goals, um, that you've qualified for your first Olympics. Um, and I guess that's changed my whole attitude about, that trying to live in the moment and I guess, you know, not trying to overthink things. And I guess that, that, that mentorship that he's shown me, mm. I guess has really uh, progressed within you know, my training and my racing. So, you know, he's uh, a very passionate guy. Mate, what do you get up to outside of the pool? Um, so I'm currently, uh, just had an exam two days ago um, and I've got an exam next week so I'm studying the same as Taylor um, animal ecology mm-hmm. at the University of Sunshine Coast and if I keep doing part time I'll be done I guess I think it's late 2020 so a couple more years which is good um, and then you know on the beach on the Sunshine Coast so we're always at the beach surfing um, fishing, you know, all of the above, always trying to, 
trying to do something outdoors because that's just the person I am. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to being lazy, I'm really lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of sleep, Netflix. Hey, mate, we all, we all love a nap. We all love yeah. a good nap. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a swimming yeah, thing. Good. Even the coaches love them. That's um, it. <laughs> mate, Pampax We're trials are just a month away. Um, actually, sorry, not in it. just about two weeks away now down in Adelaide. How are you shaping up yeah. for that? Yeah, really good. Um, you know, the progress, the progression that we've made from you know, having a bit of time off over uh, Commonwealth Games and um, getting straight back into the pool. And, you know, those first four weeks were tough. It's probably the most I've ever done in the water. I think we're averaging probably six, just over six K, which is a lot for me. Um, But it's just one of those things that you just got to get it done and you know there's a purpose to it and, you know, there's no point dwelling on it. You just get the job done and, you know, you move on and I guess that's put us in in really good shape um, to to have a bit of work to taper off. Um, and, And we're at that stage now where we're slowly tapering off and, I guess we'll have a few hiccups here and there just because our body's trying to react to the reduced load. Mm-hmm. And I guess the quality spikes up because you're trying to hit race pace in a specific set. So, you know, it's coming along really good. Um, just about maintaining and, I guess, mentally preparing for yourself because you've done all the hard yards. So just, I think that the last three weeks leading into competition, you've just got to be, you know, a positive mindset you know, um, getting all the things right, eating well, and, you know, the, the job's fairly done. Mate, you're a swimmer who's experienced the highs and lows in our sport. Do you have any advice for our young athletes coming through today? My advice would be if you're going through those highs, just enjoy it because yep. they don't come around very often. Um, you know, what I said before with, are you relieved or are you being happy? Um, you got to change that mindset and being happy because, you know, you swam close to a PB consecutive 59 that you've got to be happy that you've achieved something that was so unrealistic as a kid that you never thought you'd be able to do that you've ticked that off the list mm. um, and cherishing those moments. And I guess going through those lows, you'll learn a lot more about yourself going through disappointment and it's how you get yourself back up in those moments that I guess determines you who you are as a person and you know last year being sick um you know I was you know struggling at some points but you know you realize that okay well my body actually needs the time uh to rest and to recover and we've just got to make slow um, increments in the water to get where we were um, previously. So it's just trying to switch that mentality into everything being positive and just being, I guess, living in the moment uh, for what it's worth. Mate, very well said. Um, you've been on the Australian team now for a while. You've been to Com Games, World Champs, Olympics. Just want to find out a little bit more the, uh, about the Australian team for our listeners out there. So in your opinion, I'm going to start a sentence and I want you to finish it with the name of a swimmer on the team that you think it best fits with. So we'll start with the funniest person on the team is... Travis Marnie. Good with these jokes? 
that he's hilarious. <laughs> um, he's always making someone laugh. <laughs> mate, biggest pest on the team. And before you answer this, I will just say that Taylor did say your name in this before. The biggest pest. Yeah. It's pretty annoying. <laughs> um, biggest pest. God. I wouldn't really know. Everyone's pretty laid back. They're not really like getting up in everyone's face. Yep. I guess the only reason why she said that because we trained to with each other. I know what annoys her. (laughs) (laughs) Which buttons to push. Yeah, that's it. Mate, the leader or leaders of the team are? Um, So we have a leadership group and I see them as big leaders or senior people in the team. So I guess the people always look up to Mac. Uh, Mac Horton, Mitch Larkin, MC Bomb, um, you know, Kate Campbell, Bronte Campbell. Everyone's a leader in their own right for being on the team. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to, to be where they are on the Australian team makes them a leader in themselves and, you know, a role model for other people. So I guess everyone would be, but, um, yeah, I guess those specific people jump out to me. What about the best singer or dancer on the team? I can't really say I've heard anyone sing <laughs> um, <laughs> or dance. Uh, uh, I couldn't really tell you. Did oh, Tay have one? Hey, yeah, yeah. I've Did had Tay- a couple with Josh Beaver as well. He said um, they both said Clyde Lewis. I haven't seen. I'll get him to. Was it dance or sing? No dancing. Apparently, he was um, he was definitely cutting a rug down there after the Commonwealth Games oh. and just killing it. All right, we'll have to get him to do that next time, <laughs> um, mate. And the person who gives the best advice for you, um, probably Mitch. Uh, Mitch has always been um, my roommate um, when we go away, um, and also Trav. Trav's always. Uh, so they're the two people that I room with when I go overseas and just I guess if you're having one of those down days they're always there to uh, to pick you up and you know to say the right things at the right time which is a, a really good thing to have and I guess anyone would do it on the same te- um, on the team yeah. um, and, you know I spend a lot of time with those people so that's why I single those people out and um, you know I guess I commend them for what they do Mate, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on for a chat. I know how busy your schedule is right now in the lead up to the the trials. Um, We look forward to seeing you in action down there in Adelaide and and hopefully booking your spot on the team again down there. That's the the goal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It would be nice, um, you know, to to have that four-year cycle. Um, and to be on where I started in 2014, to be on another Pampax team would be um, unreal, especially in Tokyo. Mate, until then, though, thank you again for coming on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. Our show is proudly brought to you each and every week by the good people at Way Funky, the great company in charge of the Funky Trunks and Funkita brands. 
They are one of Australia's leading swimwear brands, making pools all over the country just that little bit brighter with their original designs and colourful prints. Make sure you go online today at wayfunky.com to check out their latest ranges and deals on not only swimwear, but activewear, beachwear and accessories. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Vanderhoof and Penn. But the symmetry of all eyes is the great Phantom Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavish in the right hands. 